Our scripture reading today comes from Genesis chapter 12. Hear these words. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who hate you. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all their possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. There ends our reading. May God bless the hearing of these ancient words. Amen. I hope that you caught that Abram was 75 years old when God made a promise to him. Abram was 75 years old when he decided to go off and pursue a new dream and a new destiny. Abram was 75 years old when he decided to do something new. Abram was 75 years old when he decided to trust God. Abram was 75 years old when he decided to get some U-Haul boxes and some moving blankets and a U-Haul truck and to pack up all of his life, all of his possessions. Abram was 75 years old when he decided to do something new. Maybe it's not sinking in. I'm 42, and if Marcus said to me, we're about to pack up and move, I don't know that I could do it. I have a lot of home repairs that I need to make, and he keeps saying, you want to just buy a new place? And I'm like, I ain't leaving the block. <laughs> I own this block, every broken pipe, everything that's not painted, everything that needs to be sanded down, every time the pool pump needs to be blown out, every time the Polaris has to be fixed, every two years, I am not moving. 75 years old. Can you imagine? And the promise that God made to Abraham was that he was going to finally have children. Yeah. <laughs> I 
I'm 42 and there's some other stuff that I don't do too much just these days either. 75. The older folks will catch that, younger folks won't. <laughs> 75 years old. I will give you and your wife children. 75 years old, God says, I will make you so numerous it will be like the sand, that you'll have so many descendants that you won't be able to count it. This is what God says to Abram at the age of 75 years old. Now, during this season of Lent, I've started reading two books. One book Barb's son uh, recommended to me calling Falling, uh, called Falling Upward by Richard Rohr. And then there's a second one called Let Your Life So Speak by Parker Palmer. Now, in Richard Rohr's book, this is what he says in some of the opening pages. But in my opinion, the first half of life, the first half of life task is no more than finding the starting gate. The first half of life is about finding the starting gate. It is merely the warm-up act, not the full journey. It is the raft, but not the shore. In other words, there is more to be done no matter what your age is. In other words, there is no reason and no time to give up on life now. <laughs> In other words, if you feel like you didn't get the first half right, you have the second half to get it together. If you feel like you have fallen off and life has not been exactly what you want it to be, I don't care how many children you have, how the job didn't turn out, how things have gone horribly wrong, you still have a second half of life to get together and to live. Don't give up now in your 40s. Don't give up now in your 30s. Don't give up in your 20s. You haven't even found the starting gate yet. Don't give up in your 50s. You still have more life to give. You have more to do. Don't give up in your 60s. When you hit 65, you get a check and you can go do whatever the good God loving you want to do. Don't give up now. 65 to me sounds like a good starting gate. I'm just going to be getting warmed up. Baby going to be out on the beach and preaching to y'all live from somewhere. I am not giving up no time soon. It is just the starting gate. I read a story. It talked about two twins. They were in the womb. They hadn't been born yet. And the twins were debating. <laughs> I think when this ends, we die, one twin says. And the other twin says, no, it's just the beginning of something new. Both twins are correct. Something ended 
so that something new could begin. <laughs> you, you can't stay in the womb all your life. <laughs> you can't stay in your misery all your life. You can't stay with useless friends all your life. You can't stay in relationships that don't support your thriving all your life. If the first half has not been right, look around and see who you're socializing with. Look around and seeing what you are allowing to influence you. And the sad part is most of us are not willing to bring some stuff to an end. I've preached it before. It doesn't mean you don't love them. It doesn't mean you don't care about them. It doesn't mean that they are not children of God. It just means that right now and in this place, it is time to bring something to an end so that you can move on to something greater and better. We don't like ending things. We're too nice. We want to hold on to it and love it and hope it's going to get better. We want to hold on to it and massage it and fix it because we can fix everybody. Yeah, we can't fix ourselves, But we want to hold on to it because maybe somewhere just around the corner things are going to change. But after all of these years, the question I want you to ask yourself is, has anything changed? Has anything gotten better? Have those friends risen to the occasion? Oh my God, you go into the same job too. Has anything there gotten better? Some of us don't want to leave it. We want to hold on to it because of this, that, thus, and so. But last time I checked, hardly anybody gets a pension. Hardly anybody has any job security. So what you staying on that job for? Bring it to an end and move on. Don't get to 65 and say, I should have been something else. Retire that job and move into another one. All things must come to an end so that something new can begin. Parker Palmer says something interesting as well, too, that I have been pondering because in this season of Lent, in this season of time for us to reset, I think these words are valuable for us. Trying to live someone else's life or to live by an abstract norm, by abstract norm, trying to be the Brady Bunch and the June Cleavers family of the world and the Bill Cosby families of the world and the, the, Cos the Cosby show, I think is what it's called, trying to, trying to live some abstract norm. You all know your mama ain't Claire Huxtable. You all know that if one came into the family with three children and the other came with three, that ain't the damn Brady Bunch. <laughs> but we all want to try to live into something that is being projected on a TV. 
I would argue it's not even aspirational. You might get some ideas, but it's not aspirational because them hard-headed kids will knock you into reality. All trying to live an abstract norm. Then he goes on to say, this will invariably fail and may even do great damage. A lot of the damage that we are doing to ourselves right now is because we won't just be who we are. We won't just live the life that we are supposed to live. Other folks' husband are not for you. Just because he is doing whatever for her doesn't mean that your husband need to do that for you. Maybe your husband was sent to give you a spiritual life development so you don't get all of those goodies that you see over here. Living the life that is for you. Everybody don't need an Instagram wedding. What we need are couples who are wholesome and are demonstrating to us how we can all be successful in our relationships. I don't care if you wore Gucci or Bellucci in your wedding. That matters not to me. Teach me how to be better in my relationship. We are looking at trying to live the wrong examples. How can we be better in life? How can we be more authentic in life? And listen to what our life is saying so that we can have a strong, good reset. Parker Palmer also goes on to say, how we are to listen to our lives is a question worth exploring. In our culture, we tend to gather information in ways that do not work very well when the source is the human soul. The soul is not responsive to subpoenas and cross-examinations. At best, it will stand in the dock only long enough to plead the Fifth Amendment. At worst, it will jump bail and never be heard from again. The soul speaks its truth only under quiet, inviting, and trustworthy conditions. That means when you leave here, you're not going to be able to get in your car, turn on you some gospel, and do some body rocking, and ask your soul what it is you should do with your life. Because the soul does not respond to cross-examinations. We have been told that if you just dream it and write it down and it's coming out of you and that's what you should do, the soul does not respond to that. If you are trying to find the real you, if you are trying to find the authentic you, if you are trying to find what will be next in the second half of your life, it is time to simply just get quiet. It is time to simply say, soul, I want you to trust me. I may not have done all I was supposed to do with you before, but I'm ready to work with you now. Soul, I am listening. I am going to be quiet to see through you what is God calling me to do and to be. The answer is not in Tony Robbins. The answer is not in Oprah. 
The answer is not in Gary V. The answer is not in me. They have good recommendations. We have good recommendations, but your soul holds the answer to all that is needed next. Only your soul knows how you have been designed and created by the Almighty. And you are not a one-size-fits-all. Time for some boot camp for the soul. Boot camp brings about leaving some old habits behind. Boot camp makes you leave behind prejudices. <laughs> because in boot camp you learn <laughs> the black folk go have to have my back. The white folk go have to have my back. The Asian folk go have to have. In boot camp, you learn you have got to drop some prejudices if you're going to survive. In boot camp, you learn that you have to leave some weaknesses behind because it pushes your body beyond all limits. And now it is time for us to have a boot camp for the soul during this season. Now it is time for us to do some hard resets and to clear out some stuff that needs to be cleared out. I preached a sermon a couple of years ago called Control-Alt-Delete. If you know computers at all, you'll understand that when you are stuck on buffering, when you, your screen will not move, when nothing seems to work, the last thing I remember that I was taught in IT school was to hit Control-Alt-Delete. And if the Control-Alt-Delete doesn't work, there's another backup that I know will work for sure. Unplug. Unplug. I said you needed silence. Maybe you don't need a Control-Alt-Delete. Maybe you need to unplug. Maybe in order for you to clear out the cash, the memory that you have of you being less than and not good enough and not liking the job and not liking your family and all the homophobia that's in you, all the racism that's in you, maybe it's time for you to just unplug for a second so that you can get it together and be your authentic you. Silence is required in this season. Don't spend it stuck looking at stuff that you've created that ain't even you. This is a good season to reset. Abram was 75 when God asked him to move. And if my memory is correct, he was 99 by the time he finally had a child. 
And even by the time he became 99, the only reason a child came about was because his wife, Sarai, decided that she was going to play God and rush the blessing. So she took the slave girl and had Abram to sleep with the slave girl in order that they can jumpstart the miracle, the promise that God had given them. But it turns out that them jump-starting that miracle only created more problems for them. Them jump-starting that miracle only became the real housewives of Abraham. It turned into a real drama. Lots of us, many of us have been jump-starting God's blessing on our life up to this point. We've been jump-starting it all along because we know, God, how you should bless us, and so let us just jump-start it for you. My question is, for you, how's that working out? You still good? Everybody good? The jump-start work? How's it working out? Maybe it's time. If Abram had to wait till 75 even be told about the blessing and then had to wait to 99 for his wife to try to jumpstart something and then had to wait until he was a hundred and something before he actually gave birth to his flesh and blood. I mean, this is problematic, but I won't get into all that. But before the actual promise according to this could happen, he was in his hundreds. Maybe, maybe if we could just unplug and just sit quietly and listen to what our soul is saying, we don't have to go about jump-starting it. It will happen faster than we know. It will happen faster than we could even make possible if we can just find our authentic self, you, your soul, in the silence. Yesterday, well, let me back up. <laughs> Earlier this week, Cindy walks into the office and she says, um, <sighs> I think, and I could tell she was good. She had something serious she wanted to say to me because she was, she was I could see her mind piecing it together and I know she had thought about it. And she said, Pretty much, she just ended up saying, I think you need some time off, and you need to, you need to take, uh, you know, Fridays and Saturdays off and take some time off and rest. And inside of me, I went into this place of, well, that makes sense. I should do that. Yes. And then I immediately went to, oh, but I got to do this, I got to do that. Like, I'm going through all of this stuff. And then she said, and so when are the next two Fridays and Saturdays you have off? I said, this week. She said, this week. This week then. There it is. This week. You're off this Friday and Saturday. And my soul said, don't fight this. But my mind was like, I have 300 things I really need to get done before Sunday. And guess what? I took Friday and Saturday off. The church is still standing, and y'all are still here, uh, and everything happened okay. But we talk about in the silence of discovering yourself and resetting. I found God yesterday 
in a beautiful lake, mountains and hills all around, and God speaking clearly about how beautiful and magnificent the world is. And all of a sudden, I got a creative spark. I was able to put together some things in my mind that I hadn't been able to put together for a while. I figured out some things that I need to do differently. So I'm about to hit a reset right now on something so I can model to you how a reset is done. I'm about to unplug something that needs to be unplugged. The office, the St. Peter United Church of Christ Office of Complaints, Suggestions, and Critiques is hereby closed. And by office, don't worry, there was only one real employee there, me. It's closed for good. Going forward, for you to help me, here's how this reset works. Remind me and just say, you know what? I need to talk to somebody about the projector being crooked. Who's responsible for that? And I'll point you to the person that's responsible for that. <laughs> if something's misspelled in the bulletin, ask me, who is responsible for putting it? And I will point you to the person that's responsible. You don't like the coffee? Just say to me, you know what? Who is handling hospitality? And I'll say, yep, talk to Jermaine or Corey. They can help you out with that. And don't be coy by saying, you know what? I hate this coffee. Who should I go? No, ask me who is responsible for it. And I'll route you to the appropriate person. If you forget how this goes, please email info at stpeterunited.com and I will promptly route your email to the person that is responsible for it. During boot camp, things change. You have to leave some things behind. For us as a church, some things have to change. We are now too big for me to be the dumpster for all of the complaints and concerns of this church. It is now time for me to route stuff to the people they need to be routed to and for me to hold all of it myself, especially on Sunday after church. Can we all just ride high for at least two hours before we start complaining? Info at stpeterunited.com. That is the reset. I will route it to the appropriate person. Amen. That's how you do it. That's how you model the reset. Amen. And let all the people of God say amen. Thank you. Thank you.